are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Locked on NFL podcast. It is Tuesday, which means I'm here. I'm Luke Braun. I do Locked on Vikings. I am here with my fellow fugitive running from the law, Ross Jackson. He does uh, Locked on Saints at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A on Twitter. I'm Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, and we are bringing you all the biggest stuff going on in the NFL right now. It's obviously draft week, so everything is going to be centered around the draft coming up this weekend of course make sure you guys listen to that ultimate mock draft that we did with odyssey you can find that ultimate mock draft 2021 go listen to that thing that that is an awesome awesome project that a lot of people including ross worked very very hard on uh but for us we are going to talk about some of the the rumor mill things going on around the league of course there is a lot of talk about mac jones and trey lance and justin fields and what are the the 49ers going to do and there's a lot of buzz around the 49ers being really really in love with mac jones so we kind of wanted to ask is that real and we'll also talk about julio jones uh with the atlanta falcons there was a rumor that came from albert breer and the monday morning quarterback about the falcons maybe trying to move on from julio jones and trying to trade him to make it easier for them to get under the cap they're in a little bit of a cap situation all of that and of course the tuesday fantasy forum here on locked on nfl and ross let's start with the quarterbacks in this draft uh so what do you think the 49ers are going to do well let me first of all say that i'm glad that we caught each other in our respective safe houses and therefore uh, we're able to <laughs> it's a to miracle we found each other really i know it's wild uh so i'm glad we're able to link we'll never today. give you the address fbi <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean look here's the thing when it comes down to this san francisco 49ers situation you know we know the san francisco 49ers traded up to pick three overall and according to what we're hearing here the uh san francisco 49ers traded up to three with mac jones in mind and now over the time that they have spent with these other prospects particularly reportedly trey lance has really sparked some interest in them going elsewhere now i was under the immediate assumption you trade up to three you're going for a guy like justin fields but it looks like maybe mac jones trey lance the two that they're starting to square in on now as you mentioned before a lot of what we're hearing at this point ahead of the draft could be absolute just crap. All of it. Nonsense. Right? It could be nonsense. Hogwash, if you will. We're being bamboozled, hoodwinked, <laughs> all of it, right? So all of that is completely possible. But it's an interesting conversation still to entertain about what any of these quarterbacks could look like in Kyle Shanahan's system. Because in my opinion, whichever one of those three quarterbacks, because we assume Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are off the board at one and two, whichever one of those three quarterbacks ends up in San Francisco has the ability to be the quarterback from this year's draft that is the most immediately impactful because of what Kyle Shanahan's system does for quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think with when it comes to specifically Jones and Justin Fields, because when you bring Justin Fields in the conversation, you bring in a lot of the narratives that's, that kind of circulated around him, a lot of these really right. dog-whistly, a lot of the things we always hear about black quarterbacks that kind of are very tired and everybody rolls their eyes. Right. And one of the offshoots of that is that you stop talking about these guys off the field or on the mm-hmm. field, and all you talk about is how the narrative, you kind of become your narrative. Right. It almost seems like Mac Jones became the subject and the antagonist 
of a lot of the things that people were were kind of saying about Justin Fields. There was always right. this kind of as opposed to the system that is that is evaluating him, right? Right. Yeah. They, we're not talking about him as a football player anymore. Right. And it, 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 they kind of became these diametric opposites, and they are kind mm-hmm. of opposite quarterbacks they stylistically, yeah. which is kind of fun. Um, but it kind of became well, you know, Justin Fields doesn't get credit for how smart he is. And Mac Jones does, hmm, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I think Mac Jones does have that, like, you offer that unique skill and the ability to get the ball out quickly, which makes things easier for your offensive line and, you know, sets up guys like Brandon Ayuk and, uh, you know, you're running back and sets up screens and whatever random stuff you want to do, makes the read and gets the system and all that stuff. That isn't necessarily to say Justin Fields can't either. Like, right. I, I do think he would be totally fine at doing mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Um, but his game is just different. He holds the right. ball and he decides to kind of let things play out down the field. And at the cost of his offensive line, he helps his receivers more. The mm-hmm. conversation, I guess, I, I wish it hadn't boiled down to are these criticisms about Justin Fields legitimate or not? Or, or not? Because honestly, mm-hmm. I don't care. You watch him on the field and he very clearly does not have issues like reading defense <laughs> right. or anything like that. Right. Like he holds the ball long, like as a conscious choice to give his receivers more time to, to get open. Um, but it's not like he's freezing and, you know, deer in headlights or he doesn't know what he's looking at. Right. I, I think too often Mac Jones has now become his narrative mm-hmm. and uh, not his actual like scouting report. Yeah. And th- this happens all the time too, because there are a lot of harmful and deceptive practices when it comes to the vocabulary yeah. that's used in discussing black quarterbacking in the NFL yeah. and the evaluation of them coming into the NFL. But oftentimes the issue becomes refocused over to the other quarterback as opposed yeah. to the actual system that's evaluating these players and that's discussing these players. And that can be something that's pretty harmful for you know several quarterbacks at a time throughout a draft process like this. Yeah, Justin Fields is probably lower on boards than he should be, mm-hmm. but that does not necessitate that Mac Jones is higher than he should be. I guess that's the way that I would put that. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting to watch the way that this number three selection unfolds. And it won't be the only thing we're interested because we also have the number four selection with the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons right now in the news with some potential trade talks about a Jones of their own with Julio Jones. But I think that there's a better alternative here. We'll talk about that, the potential trade talks and what they could just do instead and perhaps more simply here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on NFL. But before we get to that, we're talking about quarterbacks here. BetOnline.ag has a really fantastic prop bet uh, section up right now. Over a hundred different odds that you can bet on for the uh, for the NFL draft, including potential draft positions for uh, a bunch of different players. So we t- we're talking about quarterbacks here. Who's a quarterback that the uh, Minnesota Vikings might be interested in here, Luke? Uh, Ian Book Super Bowl (laughs) perfect perfect Ian Book uh, 209.5 209.5 right now (laughs) I might go over on that but hey if you feel differently or if you do feel good about that you can head over to betonline.ag and take a look at all of these different uh, potential selection numbers and you can also look at a bunch of different things that BetOnline has because they've got it all. They've got everything that you could ever imagine, honestly, for you to go and check out. So just head over to BetOnline.ag, see what's going on with the NFL draft, and of course the MLB, NBA, all underway. So go and check it out. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Ross, we have so much stuff here on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. We have the Draft Dudes and the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, daily draft podcast. You can catch up on everything they've been covering the draft every single day, all year. All kinds of information coming from those guys. You have this show, of course. We're talking draft all week. You have the ultimate mock draft presented by Odyssey that was going on. It ended yesterday. Um, so that was going on all week. You can go catch up on all of that where all of us locked on hosts picked for our respective teams and there were trades and there was all kinds of stuff analyzed by like Michael Irvin and Brian Baldinger, all this yeah. cool stuff. Um, go listen to all of that stuff. As for this show, we are going to talk now about that fourth pick and Atlanta. So there was this rumor. It came from uh, Albert Breer at the Monday Morning Quarterback. I'll link it in the show notes for y'all to read. Um, and he basically said that he thought later in the offseason, Julio Jones would get moved, uh, traded for some reason, um, for cap space, basically, because mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons are currently too tight against the cap to sign their draft class, unless they do a lot of trading down or trading picks into next year or something like that. Um, so they will have to make cap space somehow. And he posited that, well, maybe Julio Jones, he's 32. Maybe he gets traded. Maybe they kind of try to get a little younger. Um, this is this would be wild, right? This would be a huge blockbuster. What would you think? Yeah, I, I don't really see this happening. This doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and I know it doesn't make sense to our good friend Aaron Freeman over at Locked on Falcons as well, because really you're looking at sort of a lateral move here, right? You trade right. Julio Jones. And in order for you to do it, you have to designate it as a post-June 1 trade, which means you can't trade for anything in this year's draft. You have to trade for right. next year, basically, so that you can delay and, and not file the paperwork until post-June 1. That saves around $15 million. But take it from a professional. Let me just lay this out here. From professional <laughs> kick the can down the road. <laughs> professional like cap wizard team. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Restructure his contract. Get yourself a max restructure, save somewhere between seven to ten million dollars, kick the can down the road a little bit. It's fine. You're gonna see this this uh this cap skyrocket here in the next couple of years. You have thirty-two million dollars of cap space going into next season. You're not gonna kick a ton of that down into into next year, spread it out over the remaining years of his contract and give yourself the breathing room. I get it, he's thirty-two years old. You don't often like to restructure Uh, contracts of players that are of that age but you know what you also usually don't have a salary cap drop nearly 12 15 million dollars less than it was supposed to be either so sometimes we make exceptions take it from me professional cap wizard team mickey loomis (laughs) you got terry fontenot there for a reason kick the can down the road there are void year shenanigans. There are all kinds of like cap manufacturing you can do now look the fourth overall pick will make $5.6 million in uh, in 2021. That's pre-negotiated. Mm-hmm. So you can't get out from under that. So you do have to make like $6 million in cap plus whatever you're going to want, uh, plus right. the rest of your picks, plus whatever you're going to want for like contingency in the season if you need to sign a street free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways to, to do that. You've done that a lot and you've kicked that can down the road a lot. But I think as we've learned with the Saints and Eagles, it takes a long time for that to catch up to you. Oh, yeah. Um, you get years and years and years. And I think if you are getting like, I, I just can't see a scenario where this is good for Atlanta. Like the only scenario I see where this is good for Atlanta is the scenario where they're entirely blowing it up and that they nail the rebuild in the next like iteration of the Falcons is like a dynasty, right? right? That's like the only thing I can think. Otherwise, if you say draft Kyle Pitts or let's say Jamar Chase to make it like more congruous um, and then you trade away Julio Jones, you're just spinning your wheel. All you right. did was get rid of the fourth pick in exchange for some pretty inefficient cap space because you take a gigantic dead cap penalty even when you do the post-June 1st thing. Um, 
and whatever like draft picks, right? So you mm-hmm. basically just kind of split off your fourth overall pick into like kind of nothing. And that's best case scenario into like these kind of segmented little assets that maybe you get like a first next year or something for whatever you get for Julio Jones. Right. Um, that's best case scenario, assuming that Jamar Chase gives you everything that Julio Jones does and he's just as mm-hmm. good, right? Which is not, you know, not a guarantee at all. These, you know, right. top five guys go belly up all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see like the value in spinning your wheels like that. If you are yeah. losing a player and you have a top five pick, do not use that top five pick just to replace that player. Right. Best case scenario, you you spent it to stay neutral. You're treading water. Right. Instead, if you have this fourth overall pick, grab Kyle Pitts, keep Matt Ryan, keep Julio Jones, mess with your cap, mortgage all your future years, and try to get one or two more stabs at the Super Bowl you know you can get, especially switching to that wide zone that Arthur Smith brings right. that can maybe bring you back to the Kyle Shanahan days and you know, 2016 and that wonderful year. Mm-hmm. That to me is what makes way more sense than getting rid of one of the best players on your team and then kind of just like hoping that Matt Ryan can make Jamar Chase into into Julio Jones. Why don't you just have Matt Ryan make Julio Jones into Julio Jones and try to win a damn Super Bowl? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and we have to we have to remember here too that signing a rookie class is it gets overblown every year because we have right. to remember that after a certain point those 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 signees those draft those draft picks those prospects don't count up against the salary cap anymore because the Atlanta Falcons top 51 cutoff ends at $660,000. So right. as soon as you get into the 5th 6th 7th round, some of those players aren't even going to count against your cap space anyway. And even if they do, even up to round 1, you're pushing some of those other players out of mm-hmm. that top 51. So therefore, you're saving yourself money as you're pushing some of those players out and they're not far away from getting up to the $780,000 area. So you're saving nearly a million dollars per signee that you sign, pushing right. some of these other guys out of the way. And there's no rush to sign the draft class. Like this happens every year. It's where people take it all the way down to right before training camp to sign yeah. these draft class players and everything. It happens all the time. So you look at some of these other options for Atlanta, and there are just more, I think, conducive options. I mean, you move on from a guy like Russell Gage, who, yes, is a talented slot receiver, but if you give me the option to move on from Julio Jones or Russell Gage, I'm moving on from Russell Gage at least 27 times before I'm even thinking about (laughs) where Julio Jones can end up. Grady Jarrett, as you mentioned, you trade him as a post-June 1 trade, he saves you $13.5 million. So really, like, if you land a draft pick where you can more immediately replace one of these other players as opposed to a super star player don't gut the top of your roster if you have to gut anything gut the middle of the roster again i'm speaking from experience here gut the middle covered of the this roster. a few times yeah exactly <laughs> like don't go and do all this this is this would be insane to see them move on from julio jones for the sake of creating in a little bit of additional cap space right. to sign their their rookie class some undrafted free agents and some players in training camp that might come in and not make the team it makes it no might sense. not make it anyways yeah Right. Yeah, that's the thing. How many of these draft picks aren't even making the team, which right. happens all the time. I, I just can't see a world where this happens and Atlanta looks back on it in five years and is glad they did it. Yeah, no, I can't. I, I can't see it pan out that way either. That would be absolutely insane. And I get like everybody's trying to retool and everything. And it's this is this is draft season. We get it. Uh, but no need for all this. Absolute nightmare scenario to me. <laughs> and, and we're talking about other nightmare scenarios too, because we're going to be bringing in Marcus Mosher here in just a moment, locked on Dynasty Football, locked on. What a nightmare Marcus. he is. 
to talk. And he is an absolute nightmare. No, but he's going to be coming in to talk about potential absolute nightmare landing spots for some of the top offensive uh, fantasy point getters, right? Some of your offensive skill position players that could end up not finding a lot of success in certain environments. We're going to talk about those players and those environments as we continue on with today's Locked On NFL. And of course, before we get to that, we want to let you know about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Now, Luke, I've undergone a large change here uh, recently. I started driving an 18-wheeler. And the thing about it is that outside of just the absolute power that comes from being on the freeway in an 18-wheeler, which is equal parts exhilarating and scary, I need a lot of help because I have no idea how to maintain this thing. I can hardly park it. Uh, I can hardly turn right in it. So I need a little bit of help sometimes. Rock Auto, though, they've got everything. Uh, Anything that I could need when it comes to my auto parts, they've got me covered. Obviously, I'm not actually driving an 18-wheeler. If you believe that, gotcha, fooled you. No matter what it is that you drive, though, you head over there, head over to the website, rockauto.com. Let them know your make, your model, the part that you're looking for, and they're going to give you all the different options for that part. And don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear Us box at checkout. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, we are in the thick of NFL draft season, but the MLB, the NBA, they are all going strong. If you want to keep up with everything going on in the wide world of sports, make sure you check out the Locked On Today podcast under 20 minutes every morning, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, bringing you everything you need to know. For our part in that, what you need to know about fantasy going into the draft we have a couple of interesting things to talk about here with marcus mosher of locked on cowboys locked on dynasty football marcus thank you so much for coming in and uh, i guess let's dive right into it because there are some let's go with nightmare scenarios that you don't necessarily like for this draft yeah, so every draft has, uh, you know, these players could land in some great situations for fantasy or some awful situations. Uh, we saw last year, you know, Henry Ruggs uh, went to the Raiders at 12. We thought that was a great situation. It was not. We saw Justin Jefferson land with the Vikings. We thought maybe that was going to be a less than, you know, ideal mm-hmm. situation because Adam Thielen was already there. And what did Justin Jefferson do? Oh, he only had a 1,400 yard season. So, uh, today we're going to talk. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, true. Wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we're going to talk about some guys that could land in some spots that would be less than ideal for fantasy. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this because I think that this is a really interesting way to look at it. We often try to find the home runs, but the home runs tend to be pretty clear and obvious as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. One of these guys that seems to be sort of just an absolute home run no matter where he ends up is Kyle Pitts. But is there a nightmare scenario for Kyle Pitts in terms of ending up with the wrong fit? Absolutely. I mean, I think everybody wants to see him in Atlanta, but if he ends up in Miami, you know, maybe splitting snaps with Mike Gusecki and with an unproven quarterback, that would be less than ideal. Detroit with TJ Hawkinson and Jared Goff. Yikes. Uh, even (laughs) Even Carolina, you know, Carolina, I, I'm a little bit more bullish on Sam Darnold than most people, but mm-hmm. that's another offense that already has target monsters in DJ yeah. Moore and Christian McCaffrey and a pretty good Robbie Anderson as well. So mm-hmm. if he can avoid those three teams, I think we're going to be sitting pretty. So I think a lot of people, like in a lot of dynasty drafts, the one one might be Najee Harris. Is mm-hmm. there a world where he, uh, where his draft stock is just like torpedoed on day one or day two, whenever he goes? 
Yeah, so we we think he's probably going to end up to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. That would be a great situation because there's really not anybody there to take away touches. Mm -hmm. But what if he ends up like going to Washington football team and splitting snaps with Antonio Gibson? I think Mm -hmm. that would be less than ideal. What if he goes to Jacksonville and now he's playing with James Robinson, who was really effective last year? I I don't think that one's great, you know, either. So there are some of these teams late in the 20s, maybe even the early teens that I think could potentially think about grabbing Najee and putting him in part of a committee that just wouldn't be ideal. I think Arizona is another one with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. We want him to land in a situation where he is a workhorse, a bell cow right away. And a couple of these teams, again, in the late 20s, uh, wouldn't offer that opportunity. Yeah, a lot of these are coming on to like situations where they have competition. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to pair uh, Kyle Pitts with Mike Isecki or whatever. But I'm I'm curious as to you know places where it's just, like I don't want to see my favorite running back go to Buffalo, where they're just never yeah. going to there's just going to be no volume, mm-hmm. or you know my favorite wide receiver goes somewhere like Seattle, where there's not going to be as much Baltimore. volume. Baltimore, Baltimore, yeah, and, yeah, and Baltimore. And that's exactly what we'll talk about Baltimore because we can look at all these receivers in this draft. And is there any receiver who doesn't lose value if they go to Baltimore? The answer is probably no. So mm-hmm. if you're already in rookie drafts, like I've been, you know, right now, you're, you don't want to see Rashad Bateman and mm-hmm. Elijah Moore end up there. Uh, I think Buffalo is another good one because as good as the situation might be with how good that offense is, we know Josh Allen gets a ton of goal line carries. We know that they can avoid, you know, just running the ball in general. So even, you know, I love Travis Etienne. I would not love him with the Buffalo Bills at all. That's a really great point. That Those are really interesting teams that you kind of look at and you go, oh, they need those positions. But in actuality, they? they may they may actually be black holes for those positions yeah. as well. Well, I'm curious. Do you guys think that there's any receiver that could go to Baltimore and actually maintain solid value? I mean, I want to believe in Jamar Chase, but can I really? No, just you know the volume I mean? won't be there, yeah, right? Yeah, just based exactly right. just based upon what Baltimore does. Maybe, I mean, maybe look at Kadarius, Hollywood Brown. What right? about Kadarius Tony? Would he would he make some sense? Gives you an opportunity to operate closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think that the thing about Kadarius Tony is how much of it comes from him as a as a receiver versus how much of it comes from him as a gadget player, right? Being able to do yeah. a little bit more than the average receiver. I, I struggle to see like scenarios where Baltimore would want to do that. Like what world right. is it in what world is it better to like put a guy on the field that can take a shovel pass from Lamar Jackson and do exactly what Lamar Jackson would have done. Mm. That's that's what's tricky here. I, I mean, with Baltimore having two first round picks, it seems like a lock that they're going to grab a receiver with one of those two. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade down, but again, we don't want to see Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall go there. Not because we don't think Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback that can get them the ball, just because there's not a lot of volume in that passing offense. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I don't think any of the things we've been talking about this whole segment are about like evaluations on those players. It's or or evaluations on those teams. It's just we don't want running backs to go to our pass heavy teams and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Marcus, we really appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming through. You can check out Marcus at Locked On Cowboys every Monday through Friday and a couple of days a week over at Locked On Dynasty Football as well. And of course, you can follow on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. We appreciate you, buddy. Yep, thanks, fellas.
All right, y'all. As always, a big thank you to our good friend Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter for joining us for our fantasy forum. And as we roll along here throughout the rest of the week here at Locked On NFL, we are coming up on the NFL draft on Thursday. We're going to have live coverage Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the Draft Network, all three days covering all 259 picks over seven rounds, three days. It's going to be a ton of fun, but get a head start on all of it by joining Tony and James tomorrow with one of our Locked On NFL Draft experts as we continue on taking a look at this NFL Draft. It's here. We finally made it, Luke. It is Draft Week. We're going to have you covered here as we continue through on Locked On NFL, your team every day.